This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Many of us have probably been in this situation before. Our friend or partner say they have something to tell us. We hear them and then immediately chime in to give advice or suggestions only for them to get frustrated and say, look, I don't want your advice, I just want you to understand me. But what is the importance of listening? Really listening, active listening. I'm Dashran Johan and this is Today I Learned. Today's episode is done in conjunction with World Mental Health Day. Joining me on today's episode is Sandy Clark. He's a licensed counsellor and a columnist of Sunny Side Up at The Star. Welcome to the show, Sandy. What does being a good listener mean? Thanks for having me. Being a good listener um, means to be present to the person, whatever they are sharing, um, without the desire to sort of cut them off or, um, you know, give advice or you know, leap in with our perspective. It's about giving someone the space to share uh, whatever's on their mind um, and, and to allow them that sort of freedom to express whatever uh, they feel like sharing. Right. And what's the difference between listening to understand and listening to respond? It's a good question. And I think it's an important distinction to make. Um, we often listen to someone i'll give you an example if someone says to you uh they ask you a question about a particular political topic or a social issue um and they give their side of the 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 argument um rather than sort of listening to what they're saying or or taking in their message considering what they have to share uh, when we listen to respond is about being prepared to sort of leap in whenever we see a gap in their sort of conversation uh, so that we can share our point of view. Uh, listening to respond is about just giving our perspective, whereas, and we're not really bothered about what the other person is really saying. We're not really tuned into it. Um, but listening to understand is having that genuine desire to really consider what the person is saying um, and perhaps asking questions for more information uh, so that we can sort of hopefully learn or gain insight or understand better um, from the other person who, who's, who's trying to share a particular message with us. Right. Um, and is it important for people to be a good listener? Um, and if so, why? I think being a, a good listener comes with a lot of benefits for both people. Um, okay. So, for example... I mean, I'm sure we all have someone in our friends group or family where when you're in their presence and you know that they're really present to you, uh, you feel the difference as opposed to, oh, here's this other person who just won't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can't get a word in. Right. Ways. Um, you know, you, you, you feel like people who are present to you who are um, attuned to, to, to you uh, there's a there's a sense of trust there. There's a sense of um, relationship. Um, being a good listener can also um, help to resolve conflict. Uh, it means that you don't miss any key information. And you see this in, in arguments with couples mostly, where they're just kind of shouting back and forth. Right. No one's really hearing the other person. And so you might miss out on a lot of valuable information um, if you're not listening properly. Being a good listener can also help you to anticipate problems. 
Um, and again, it, it can help you to gain insight and get more knowledge from the other person. So, so when you're able to be a good listener, uh, you actually receive a lot yourself as well as the person who feels that they're being heard and validated as well. Right. I'm wondering, Sandy, if being a good listener can actually sort of foster stronger relationships, um, whether it is with you and your, your partner, or you and your friends, you and your family, um, things like that. I, I'm wondering if being a good listener impacts the quality of connection we have with someone else. I think being a good listener is a foundational quality to any relationship, whether it be romantic or otherwise. Um, and I think it's often overlooked and underrated. Um, I mean, we always hear about speaking competitions. You know, you sign up for Toastmasters, for example, but nobody ever enters a listening competition. Right. We're not so interested <laughs> in, in, in listening, but it, it has a real, really powerful effect. I remember there was one um, story in the, the book by Dale Carnegie called um, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Right. Um, and I, I forget the, the, the details of the story, but it was essentially two people were having a conversation. Um, one of them was really interested in boats and the other person just was really curious, was really sort of, you know, interested in what the person had to share. And the person who was interested in boats said at the end of the conversation, oh, you know, you're the best conversationalist I've ever been in the presence of. <laughs> Um, and it turns out that the other person didn't share anything about themselves. They just asked questions about the, the person's interest, right? right. So, so when you're a, a good listener, um, again, you foster the sense of trust, relationship. You feel or you make the other person feel like they're interesting and that what they have to share is important. So you see this in relationships as well, right? So... Um, one of one of the the sort of um, ways that you might help couples to resolve conflict, for example, is to have what you would call a weekly check in, mm -hmm. where each person gets to say to the other, you know, how are you feeling in this relationship? Um, what do you think is going well? What do you feel that you need in the relationship? And how can I help to to sort of make that happen for you? What do you need from me that then, then I can sort of, you know, help you to achieve that or to to feel like you're getting more of this thing? And, and both people sort of, you know, have that interaction. And so really you're just allowing the other person to feel seen. And I think it's one of the most powerful things we can do for other people, but it's often the thing that we, we, we overlook because we're too busy um, sort of jumping from one topic to the next or we're too busy or whatever. Um, but to really slow down and listen to someone um, can, can have a powerful, powerful difference on the quality of the connection. Absolutely. Now, I brought this up in the introduction, but, you know, we often hear this from friends, families, but specifically from, from a lot of times from partners, right? Um, and things like, I don't want advice on how, how to solve the problem. I don't need you to solve the problem for me. I just want someone to listen. Why do people in many instances want to be heard um, without actually wanting advice or solutions? I think the, the answer is in your question already. Uh, I, I think that uh, people just want to be heard a lot of the time. Right. Uh, there, there's an idea in therapy um, where uh, the reason why you don't give advice directly to your clients is because quite often they know, they already know what they should do. 
the problem is that they don't know how to go about doing what they think they should do. And so the, the problem is that they don't have an idea or an understanding of their sort of thought patterns, their behavior patterns, their blind spots and so on. Um, so, so the work is, is helping them to sort of express themselves to the point where they understand themselves better. Right. On a, on a social perspective, when you're with family or friends, um, I mean, it, it's my sort of contention that most of us, um, or, or at least a lot of people, are starved of connection and conversation, uh, you know, to, to really sit with someone and be heard. And I think what happens when you jump in to give advice or solutions, you sort of cut off the, the person's experience. You, you sort of, it can come across as invalidating. You know, if I come to you and say, oh, you know, I've, I've just lost my job, um, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling and, and here's all the things that I'm feeling. Um, for you then to say, Oh, well, you know, you should go on this job website. There's a lot of openings right. here in your area. Um, <laughs> just send off your application, tidy up your CV. That's great. In that moment, the, the, you know, I've just shared that I'm suffering, I'm in pain, I'm devastated. Um, if, if you were to then say, oh, that, that really sucks. I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, what's happening with you? Like, how are you experiencing this or, or how are you feeling about this? Then that just opens up a whole new avenue in terms of, you know, me feeling like, ah, this person's interested in, in sort of supporting me and being there for me rather than trying to sort of fix me uh, and get me out of the way. And I, I think that it, it really is important that when we, um, you know, listen to people, that we we don't really see them as, as math problems to be solved. Right. Um, you know, to start off with that curiosity and understanding. Um you know, and, and quite often people, when, they, when they're expressing themselves, when they're um, sharing what's on their mind, quite often just that act alone of, of being able to express themselves to someone who's attentive, who's listening and present, uh, allows insights to arise within themselves. Right. Oh, so this is maybe what I can do now that I'm <laughs> thinking about it, now that I'm talking about it. So it comes from themselves. Um, but one of the hardest things to do, um, as my supervisor would say, who's a, a psychoanalyst, um, he would say that it's, it's really difficult just to sit there and listen. It is one of the hardest things that we can we can try to do. But I mean, of course, you're a master at listening, so you don't need any help. Uh, so, but for most of us, we are mortals. Uh, it can be quite a difficult skill. No, it, actually, that's a very interesting thing, right? And and that's something I honestly have realised. Um, it's, it's different. You know, when I'm doing this, I'm technically, you know, like it's it's training, right? In in that sense, I'm, I'm being trained. Like I need to get, I, I need to ask the questions and then I need to leave space for the guests to do, to do the talking, to, uh, you know, to, to give the advice and, and, you know, to give the insight and, and things like that. But even myself, I tend to fall into that trap sometimes when it comes to, you know, when I'm off the air. When I'm talking, um, you know, with my own personal friends and, and you know, with my girlfriend and, and things like that. And I'm wondering why do I tend to fall into this trap in the sense that why, what is it um, that makes me, when, whenever people, um, you know, come, uh, vent or whenever people tell me their problem, what is it that is immediately making me want to jump in or, or chime in and, and say, you know, uh, maybe you can try this, maybe you can try this, maybe you can, uh, you know, do that and, and that will help you. 
what what is it that makes people want to jump in and immediately you know become the this problem solver uh, I'm, I'm kind of conscious not to turn this into a therapy session, but, uh, <laughs> but maybe just to get a quick insight from yourself. So we, when you're when you're listening to friends and they're telling you their problems or they're, mm-hmm. sh- they're venting or they're sharing stuff and you have that sort of uh, urge or impulse to jump in with a, a, a solution, right. what would you say is happening with you? I mean, what, what's coming up? What's the desire there for you? That's a good question. And I don't think I've actually thought about it before, but I think it is, you know, I, I know that the person who, who is venting to me, who is telling me their problems, they're going through a tough time and I want them to feel better. And, and, and I feel that I can help them or I should help them or perhaps that I feel that, you know, I've gone through something similar and, and, I, and by sharing, um, you know, certain tips or, or whatnot, I will make them escape this feeling of discomfort or this feeling of uncertainty um, this feeling of sadness that they're going through. So perhaps it is because I genuinely believe I can help them. Yeah, so so there's a, there's a real desire there to help someone who's suffering, right? Like it's right. A, a very well-meaning um, sort of attempt to, right. to, to help somebody. Um, but, but quite often, uh, you know, again, when, when and I do it myself as well, you know, when I'm off the clock, uh, you know, <laughs> people are, are sort of uh, sharing problems and, and sometimes maybe I, I'll offer a solution. Um, but what I try to do f- with friends and with family members, although I don't get it right all the time, uh, is is to listen to them and, and give them that space. And then to say, you know, how have you considered, um, uh, you know, what you might want to do? Or are you just sort of looking to process this at the moment? Um, and if they say, well, do you know what? I'm just looking to sort of process it. I'm just looking to wrap my head around it. Then I'm not going to offer anything beyond that. Um, but if they say something like, well, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about it, but I just can't think of any sort of solutions. And, you know, you might say, well, do you want to think of some now together? Or, you know, would you rather just leave it for a, a time? So you kind of give the, the, the person that option. I mean, there's no, there's nothing wrong with, with, with giving advice or solutions um, but I think that first and foremost, we, like you say, give people that space um, just to be heard before we start to sort of go into this idea of, of offering solutions. On the show with me today is Sandy Clark. He's a licensed counsellor. After break, I ask him if women are better listeners than men. Keep it here on Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Today I Learned. I'm Dashan Johan, and on the show with me today is Sandy Clark, licensed counsellor. And we're talking about active listening. So, Sandy, it is often said, um, Sandy, that women are better listeners than men. How true is this? I get the feeling that you particularly leave these loaded questions um, just when I get settled in to my rhythm. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I, I think that... <laughs> a difficult question to answer um i mean there has been some research that shows um women and men process language differently right um so for example if anybody wants to check this out there was a 2000 uh study uh at indiana university i think uh, and they were looking at how men and women process language when they're listening and it turns out that while there are different areas of the brain that light up for both 
men and women, uh, it doesn't actually predict um, performance when it comes to listening. So it doesn't mean to say that men on the whole or women on the whole are better listeners. Uh, it comes down more to like individual differences in, in circumstances. But I think perhaps what might um, affect individual circumstances and uh, differences, and I think you touched on this with your own example, is I think that when boys are growing up, we are sort of taught to sort of, you know, um, fix things, to be sort of external, to be proactive at getting things done. Right. Um, whereas generally speaking, girls are... Um, you know, it's allowed the space to be to be emotional. They're they're typically allowed to sort of express themselves more freely, whereas boys are sort of trained to push their emotions way down to the bottom of their football boots. You know, so uh, so maybe we kind of grew up with this disparity. But but I mean, if you think of some of the the most famous um, psychotherapists like uh, Irvin Yalom and Carl Rogers. Um, I mean, they were master listeners, you know. Uh, but of course, on the flip side, you have people like Virginia Satir and uh, Amy Van Der's. And so, um, so, I mean, across the sort of sexes, um, it, it just depends how um, you've been brought up. It depends, you know, your, your personality, all sorts, uh, goes into whether you're a good listener or not. But it can be learned. Uh, it's not like a, an innate skill, whether you have it or you don't. It is something that can be developed with practice. Right. Okay, so not to turn this into a pro bono therapy session, but the reason I ask this question is because I've noticed this um, and I've talk, spoken to some friends before and, and they have shared similar personal experiences. Um, but again, this is all just anecdotal. And, and the thing is, for example, um, when I talk to my dad compared to talking to my mom. Let's say if I have day-to-day -day problems, if I had a tough day at work, if I, you know, argued with my girlfriend or, you know, things like that. Um, I like to talk to my mom because she feels genuinely engaged in that sense. Um, she is sometimes, you know, dramatically enthusiastic about it. She's very emotionally available in that sense to really talk about, you know, the details of the story. Whereas with my dad, it feels very, you know, monotonous. It feels very simple. It feels very, okay, what's the problem? Here's the solution. But I mean, it's an interesting point. And mm -hmm. I think, again, just in a general sense, yep. um, uh, I mean, things like emotions have only really been, you know, uh, understood or, or beginning to be understood in, in the last maybe, I don't know, 30 years, perhaps, right. um, maybe 30, 40 years. So when our parents were growing up, and, and especially our parents' generation and before, um, things like gender roles would have been absolutely set and fixed. So typically speaking, although you would have had emotional fathers and attuned right, fathers, right. And sort of, you know, disconnected mothers and stuff, but in a, in a general sense, you know, mothers were there to be nurturing and to and, and to be emotionally attuned, whereas you know our dads would have grown up with without the the faintest idea of how to connect emotionally with people. And I actually feel sorry for for some of the older generation males because mm -hmm. I, I think that you know although they never really learned, and again in a general sense, um, although they never really learned how to be emotionally expressive. I think a lot of older men suffer in silence because of that. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I've known a few older men who, um, you know, they, they, they clearly they, they feel sort of unloved or people don't connect with them as well. But they, they kind of want that, they yearn for that connection, but they just don't know how to go about 
you know, being there for people. So they do it in the best way they can, which is to provide solutions, to provide material goods or to provide, you know, shelter or whatever it might be. So they kind of find their way of, of showing appreciation or love or being there for other people. Whereas I think for, for older uh, women, they have a much more uh, sort of easier time of it. Maybe not easy, easier is the wrong word, but they, they, they are much more able to be emotionally um, attuned and expressive and present because it's expected of them and they're trained and taught to be that way um, ever since it, they've been growing up. Absolutely. Now that we've talked about the importance of uh, you know being uh, re- you know active listening, um, listening with the intent to understand rather than just to respond, um, how do we listen with uh, with an intention of understanding? Um, could you share some tap um, some tips with us? Sure. Um, so I, I think the first thing to start off with when you're listening to someone uh, is to listen with curiosity rather than the desire to fix the problem. Um, now that, again, like we discussed it earlier, that doesn't mean to say that you, you never get around to offering solutions, but it's it's starting off, you know, I mean, imagine someone comes to you again with a problem. Um, when you notice that impulse to say, well, you know, let, let's fix it or, or let's look for a solution. Just slow yourself down and, and, and say to yourself, right, what does this person need from me at the moment? And if you're unsure, you can always ask, you know, would you like advice or are you just looking to, to, to be heard? Are you just looking to share your your experience? Um, and, and, and the second thing would be um, to avoid um, jumping to positives immediately. You know, right. um, well, you know, you might you might have lost your job, but at least there's, you know, the, 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 you've got a family to support you, or at least you have your health, or at least you have more opportunities because you've got qualifications. Remember that while there might be solutions, you know, ahead of time, um, in the moment you're faced with someone who's experiencing certain feelings and emotions. So try to be attentive to those as best you can. And it can be as simple as saying, you know, tell me more or, you know, that, that that really sounds difficult for you, you know. Um, how does that feel for you? What is that all about for you, you know? And then right. to really be uh, paying attention to that person. I think a lot of times people think, um, you know, by by pointing out the silver lining of the situation, um, you are helping the person who are who is talking about their problems, right? So um, you they, they come to you and they, they're crying and they say, I just failed like three subjects in my exams. And then you tell them, you know, the sil- don't worry about it. The silver lining is exams don't matter in the long run and, and so on and so forth. The, the intent always is generally comes from a place of good. Like I'm trying to point out that, you know, exams are not that, not that big of a deal. So, so don't worry about it. But why is pointing out the silver lining or the positives of it um, immediately? Why is that bad? I don't think it's necessarily bad. I think right. it's just premature. Mm. Um, so, so again, if we keep in mind that in that moment, like for example, um, and not to disparage um, exam results in any way, <laughs> but, but you, the older you get, you realize that actually your exam results are nowhere near as important as, as they're, right. they're made out to be right, right. In, 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 the, in the moment. Um, but at the time, if someone comes to you and says, Do you know what, I, I think I've failed my maths exam and oh my God, my, my life is ruined. Um, you know, in that moment, that's what they're feeling. It might not be factual. You you might know through life experience that look in 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 a few days time or a week's time, this is going to be like an old feeling to you. Right. Um, 
But in that moment, the person's suffering. So it's the sort of the thing to just attend to that. Um, you know, later, again, later on, you can say, you know, well, um, you know, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm feeling a lot better. You know, I, I kind of realized that I can reset the exam again or I can, I can uh, you know, um, sort of those other ways to get to the job that I want to, to, right. to go into. You know, so but thanks for listening to me, you know, because it just made me reflect or it made me to. Whereas if you jump into the silver lining stuff that, you know, pointing out the positives, pointing out the the sort of the good things immediately, again, you're cutting off the person's experience. Right. So you kind of close off the opportunity for them to process their feelings, which means that they then sort of suppress whatever it is they're feeling. And then perhaps that, that leads to sort of bigger problems down the line because they have learned to sort of just whatever they're feeling, they just suppress it because they know if they're going to come to you, they're just going to get advice or they're just going to get some kind of, you know, dismissive uh, feedback, which might be well-intended, well-meaning uh, to, to, to help the person. But we've all been in that situation where, you know, we just really need somebody to talk to and to hear us. Right. Uh, we don't we don't really want the positives in that <laughs> moment. And that's perfectly fine. Right. What's the third tip that you have for us? Oh, I'm glad you're keeping count. Uh, <laughs> so um, one of the biggest things we tend to do is um, a thing called spiritual bypassing. Mm -hmm. So this is where, you know, someone has a problem uh, or they have some kind of grievance. And we might say something like, well, everything happens for a reason. Or, you know, God doesn't give us anything that we can't handle. Right. Or And it, it, essentially spiritual bypassing is using our beliefs or our sort of practices to push ourselves away from any emotional discomfort. Um, right. But again, it doesn't really address what the person's feeling uh, in, in the moment. So it just causes more um, sort of harm than help. Um, another thing we can, we can do as well is don't compare suffering or problems. That's a huge thing as well. Mm. Um, well, at least you're not starving like so many people in the world. At least you have, you know, so many blessings and so many gifts in, in your life. And again, all of that stuff might be true. I mean, certainly it, it, my life is highly luxurious compared to most people in the world. Um, but that doesn't mean to say I don't have my problems. Elon Musk has his problems. Right. Uh, you know, Bill Gates has his problems. Just because you're in a very good position in life doesn't mean that you're free from human suffering. So when a person is suffering, when a person is having a hard time, um, it, regardless of what's going on with them externally, the, in that moment, their suffering, their pain, their troubles are real and valid. Um, and, and to sort of compare that to somebody else, again, just kind of dismisses what they're going through and, and sort of detracts from the connection that you're going to share. Uh, so, so it's really important in that sense that you don't sort of try to, and again, I think it's well-meaning that you're trying to make them have a bigger perspective, which is fine, you know, maybe later on. But in the moment when the person is, is really struggling, attend to that. Don't try and move from it, as right. uncomfortable as it might be. All right, before we wrap the conversation up, would you have a final message for me in light of World Mental Health Day? Sure. So, yeah, we, we've had uh, World Mental Health Day, and I think mm -hmm. it's important to realise that every day our mental health is with us, just like uh, our physical health. Mm -hmm. and, and one of the ways that... that can really impact our mental health is how we communicate with each other. Um, and I know that some listeners might be thinking, well, you know, especially younger people these days, <laughs> they're all about their feelings, they're all about, you know, wanting to be heard. 
Um, but I've, I've seen enough to know that the way that we communicate, especially with younger people, um, can lead to very serious harmful behaviours. So it's not just something that's, that's in the passing. It's, it's really important that we be mindful of, of how to communicate. And on the flip side, um, you know, we're thinking about sort of, you know, my father, your father, anybody who in the older generation we might think is, is, is being difficult or being sort of aloof. I think it's important to realize that from their point of view, they were never really taught how all of this stuff works because it wasn't really known back then. Um, so it's, it's helpful to sort of cut them a bit of slack as well because chances are, um, you know, if they're a decent person, they're going to want to have that connection, that love, that support, that presence with loved ones as well they might just not know how to do it so you know to remember that sort of listening and communicating goes both ways it's not always just about what we receive it's also what we give as well and on that note thank you so much for joining me today sandy thank you it's been a pleasure that was sandy clark he's a licensed counselor if you missed any part of our conversation you can also check us out on podcasts we're available on the bfm app bfm.my or pretty much wherever you get your podcast from i'm Dashan johan and this has been today i learned BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.